This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of Average to Savage podcast. Got another special guest, sports anchor, currently with the NFL Network, Cole Wright. Cole, what's up? Hey, Paul. What's going on, man? Glad to be on the show. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. So let's just uh, jump right into it. So could you give us a brief background about yourself? Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, I obviously cover the, the NFL, but, you know, I have a, a pretty pretty deep baseball background. You know, mm-hmm. I, I played baseball in, in high school and college. I played a little independent professional baseball after college. And, you know, it's it, it was pretty much baseball that allowed me to be able to do what I do now. You know, and then, mm-hmm. you know, after, after college, I, I moved downtown Chicago, waited tables and kind of sent out resume tapes and, it took about almost, you know, a little bit over a year for me to finally get that first job, and I, I did, and it was San Angelo, Texas, and I bounced from Texas spot to Texas spot to Baton Rouge to working in Boston and then at ESPN and then Fox Sports 1, and, you know, now I, I feel like I found my home in NFL Network. Yeah, definitely, definitely quite the journey right there. Absolutely. No, and, you know, I mean, I've lived in, you know, counting college and all the jobs I've had, I've lived in nine states. It's like, <laughs> when I sat and realized that, I'm like, nine states, like, it's a lot of different real estate to see, man. So, you know, it's, uh, I was, whenever I have someone that works on a show with me that, that's new or, you know, I, I haven't met him before, I always like to say, hey, where are you from? Where'd you go to school? Yeah. And when I worked in, when I was in Bristol, people used to be like, you say that to every single kid that, that walks in here or anyone that you just meet. And I'm like, well, that, that you can find a common thread. Yeah, yeah. Like, having lived in nine states, I mean, I, I could have lived in one of the states that they lived in. You know, there's just yeah. a, there's roughly a, a 20% chance I could, have, I could have lived where they lived before. Or maybe I went to, you know, I've gone to, I went to four different schools, so yeah. maybe there's a chance that, you know, I know someone who went to school where they went to school. Or just it just makes the conversation easier from the very, very beginning, so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, I think that's a common question, too, but right. I, I don't know. Absolutely. What, yeah. Could you tell us what your daily re- routine is when you're going to go on air that day? Well, you know, it's Sometimes a lot of shows have scripted rundowns. I mean, we do, but it's, it's, it's loosely based. 
because the, the late games, sometimes they might not be over with. And once they're getting done with, boom, they both send us a highlight, and then the show could go left when we thought it was going to go right. So the, the preparation is pretty much the same. It's, you know, just keep your eyes and your ears, you know, peeled on the games, make sure you know what you're talking about, and you stay in touch with your producer and your researcher. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So how did you uh, pick to become a sports anchor as your career? It, it kind of was the result of failure. I mean, I guess I failed at, uh, at, at being a professional baseball player. So that's what led me to wanting to stay somewhat close to the to the game. Yep. You know, I, I, I said to myself, you know, if I'm not going to be, you know, it was always what, you know, in the, on, the, on the back burner, it's always what I thought I wanted to do. But once, once I got released from playing baseball, it was, well, what do I do now? And, you know, I had some interviews to sell pharmaceuticals. And I was like, this, this doesn't sound fun at all. Like, you mean, and my mom runs a, vet, a veterinary hospital and she has for almost 30 years. So I would have probably sold pet meds. So I would have been walking, like, driving around the Chicagoland area, walking into different different veterinary offices, trying to sell them, you know, amoxicillin, you know, for, for whatever. And, uh, you know, didn't get, get that job. And, you know, it's probably better that I, you know, it's, it's maybe, maybe two instances of failure. You know, I didn't make it as a baseball player and no one hired me as a pharmaceutical rep. So I just I started sending my tape out from college, you know, that, I, that I, I didn't work extremely hard on because you only had so many times to, to make a tape in college. Mm-hmm. But then I was lucky enough to, you know, get paired with uh, my mentor at NBC in Chicago, Art Norman, and he was able to get a resume tape reshot for me, which ended up being, uh, you know, terrific. You know, I went to uh, the NABJ Unity Conference in 2004 in, in Washington, D.C., and a week later, I had a job that I had a job offer. They told me that I got home on Sunday. They called me on Tuesday. They said we've got a job for you as a weekend sports anchor. And they told me how much I'd be making, which was I mean, you needed a magnifying glass to see it on the paper. And, uh, <laughs> and by that time, they said you can, if you can be here by Wednesday, the job is yours. If not, we'll give it to somebody else. So I don't know if, if they were bluffing or, or what, but I, I took the job. I waited tables every day until then. And, and got packed everything I could could fit in my Jeep Cherokee and drove down to Texas 23 hours. Yeah, that's that's wild. Yeah, so, it, 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 happened, <laughs> it happened super fast, man. So did you go to school for communications? I did. I did. You know, I went okay. to, uh, I got my degree from Briarcliff University. It's uh, NAIA school in mm-hmm. Sioux City, Iowa. And they have, they have a great uh, communications department. And when I was there, they opened up their brand new integrated multimedia lab. They call it the IML. And we were literally like five minutes away at that point in time from Gateway Computers. And you, you might be too young, Paul, to know about Gateway Computers, but they were huge back in the day. And we had, and when I graduated from college in 2002, we had the double flat screen TV, I mean, uh, computer panels. And it was, you could, you could drag from one screen to the next. And that was, that was kind of cutting edge, especially for linear editing to be able to, to have a, a, a two panel yeah. computer and to be able to edit across from computer to computer. So we had a, a pretty high tech, you know, IML and actually Creighton, they modeled their media lab after ours. So it, it ended up working out as far as, you know, the, the, the degree and the communications and everything I was able to put, you know, put to, put to work after, after school. So. You know, I'm pretty thankful. And not maybe not in the moment. You know, when you're in school, it's like you don't really pay attention to things. Yeah. But once you get a little bit past, you realize, you know, the, the gifts that you were given. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, you you were doing that while you were playing baseball, obviously. So when did you know, like, while in college? I mean, I know. I guess you said you kind of briefly touched on it, but so was that like your backup plan to become an anchor? Well, I, I don't know if it was any plan. Yeah. I mean, I, I still kind of thought I was going to maybe get picked up throwing, and I I, I was always you know working out and still throwing. But you know, 
You, you want to know what really made me say, man, I, I need to get a job. One day, my, my buddy, if you ever get down to Wrigley Field, my buddy owns Smoke Daddy right across from Wrigley Field, and he, he has a bunch of other restaurants. He was in my wedding. He was my manager when I worked downtown Chicago. I waited tables at Bandera, which is a Houston's restaurant. So we used to hang out. We weren't at work. My, my other, my, my roommate, he uh, who uh, runs Kevin Euclid's, uh brew house up in Los Gatos, he was working. So my buddy that owns the restaurant, Josh, he called me. He's like, hey, man, you want to go grab some dinner? I'm like, all right, cool. So there was a place right down the street in Lincoln Park that had they, they had like a burger and beer deal. So he picked me up. I saw this on our street where my car was parked. There was a sign that said, construction, please you know, move cars or else they will be towed. And it was a construction sign from like the day before. So I looked at it. I'm like, ah, no, they're not going to tell anybody. This is this is already past due. We go have, have dinner, come back. Still see it, just still pay no attention to it. I'm like, I'll move the car. Never mind. I end up not moving it. Go to bed, wake up. My, my roommate asked me, "Hey man, you give me a ride to work today?" Because I was driving out to the suburbs. Go down the guys downstairs to give him a ride to work, and they put a, a, a boot was on my car because I had a bunch of parking tickets. And I was like, I got to get a job here and like start taking things serious because I'm gonna need to get this boot off of this car. And I got about 25 tickets, which you know, if you do the math. See, yeah, that's a cool twenty five hundred bucks to get this boot off, yeah. and uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I went to a place called Screens because they didn't have I didn't have a computer back then. I went to Screens and like and used the public computer in the public domain and sent everything out and, and got in touch with uh, Art Norman at NBC. And, and you know, long long story short, I was I was in Washington D.C. for that first job conference, and a week after that, I had a, I had a job. So like I said, things happened pretty quick that summer, and it, it all started with getting a boot on my car. My <laughs> Nissan stands up. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so actually, that's like, that's what's crazy about today, because like, people don't think about it. And that's why, like, people always say to me, like, how are you doing all this stuff? I'm just like, oh, we have like, technology. Like, and you're talking about you had to go to the library to go apply for a job. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. That's, that's pretty much what it was. That's why it's like funny. But yeah. It, it, make, it, make, it makes you appreciate things, yeah. though. It's like, yeah, for sure. I feel like guys that are my age, we appreciate Google yeah. more than a 20 year old, because yeah. when we Google stuff, we remember it. Like, 20 year olds know that Google's going to be there again. Like, I'll just go ask the same question again. And I'll just forget it in five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. And by the way, yeah, I did I did have a gateway computer. That was like the first computer I had. Right? They yeah. had that kid with the gateway commercial. Yeah. yeah. The gateway was big back in the day, man. I don't know. What happened to gateway? What happened? I don't know. Probably got bought out or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, I know we, we briefly touched it on it uh, at the beginning. So, could you give us more detail on your journey from local stations to regional stations to now national stations? Well, like I said, I started in, in Texas and yeah. then uh, another job in Texas, which was great because I actually got to cover, I mean, shoot, guys that are in the NFL now. I mean, yeah. I covered Ryan Tannehill when, when he was in, in high school. I, I, you know, I covered, you know, Colt McCoy, Case Keenum. Like, these guys were the, the Friday night football games when yeah. I was at my very first job, which is, is nuts. Yeah, it's awesome. To see Case Keenum now is you know, he was uh, as good as he was last year on the Vikings, and to see him on the Broncos this year, you know, I, I wish nothing but the best for that cat. And it's yeah. like going from there, I went to Tyler, Texas, and then I covered guys like Ryan Mallett and, and GJ Kinney and uh, you know, Daenerys Moore, like all these guys that had, at one point or another made their way to the National Football League or, you know, at least the, the top flight NCAA ranks. So yeah. when I was done, when I was done there, you know, I was, it was, it's funny because at my first job, in the middle of a day, like I, I, even when I first got there, I still send tapes out. Like I was, I thought I was, I was way better than what I really was yeah. because I, I wanted to get out of my first job. Like I mean, I, I legit sent out a resume tapes to go somewhere else after like a month and a half. 
So my second job at Tyler, one day they called the newsroom and asked to speak to me because they saw my tape and, you know, another job calls your job asking for you. And I'm in the newsroom and they're sitting there talking and asking, well, how much money do you make? We want to give you this job. I'm like, hey, can I call you back? I'm, I kind of have coworkers everywhere around me. So I went out in the parking lot. That's what we all, everyone called their office yeah. and got on the phone call. And, you know, they, they, they pretty much lured me away within a day. And I was like, if you come work here, you'll be able to do this, that, and the other. And I was like, you know what? That sounds terrific. And that's that's what I did. I went and worked in Tyler. And from Tyler, the, the, the station, that the parent company that owned the station there opened up a brand new station in Baton Rouge. And, you know, my, my station's general manager said, hey, you know, we, we, we'd like you to be our sports director. And for me, the, the opportunity to cover – LSU and the Saints and the Hornets at that point it was before they you know were the Pelicans you know that was a dream come true I mean you, you love sports you want to cover sports at the highest level you want to cover you know pro- professional and, and top flight you know college SEC why not and that, that's what I was able to do and it seemed like it was just a string of good luck because I mean the Saints went to the NFC championship game the LSU baseball team went to the college world series the, the women's basketball team went to final four after final four and the, the Hornets went to the Western Conference semis versus the Spurs. So, you know, my resume tape looked like, you know, it, it was it was unbelievable. I was, you know, I, it's you know, the perfect storm where all these things were able to come together, and I was able to put it on my tape. And you know, from there, like I said, I, w- I went to an, the other Unity Conference that was in Chicago, and I got a job at, at Nesson. You know, so from from Baton Rouge to Boston, you know, it was two years in Boston, and after that. Just took a short trip up the road uh, to Connecticut. I mean, you know, you know all about the, uh, the I ninety five corridor bowl. And, you know, it's, so I used to live in New London, and then I, uh, I, well, before that, I lived in uh, in North Attleboro. So from North Attleboro to New London, because my wife worked in Providence, so I was driving sixty one miles from New London to uh, Bristol every day. And then my wife got a job at, at ESPN, so we lived sixty one miles away for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Actually, at my current job, that's my office too, the parking lot. That's where I get all my stuff done. I go outside to call people. Nice. <laughs> so I know you worked at ESPN and Fox Sports 1. So what was like the differences between those two networks? And I, I believe you were there at Fox Sports 1 like right when they started, right? I was. Yeah. I was, yeah. When they, when they had the the traditional model. You know, we yeah. had Fox Sports Live, you know, your traditional highlight show. Yeah. I think the, the biggest difference is there's, there's way less personnel at Fox. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, ESPN is a, is a machine. Yeah. But there's just so many different people that work on so many different shows. Even if it's the same show from day to day, there's there could be a, a, you know, a whole different cast. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that sometimes, is, you know, it's, it's just navigating the water. Some people are excellent at it. Other people, are, you know, not not so much. And, you know, it just, that, that maybe it, 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 it didn't seem like it was the 100% place for me, even though it, it, it is the... It's the worldwide leader in sports, mm-hmm. but the, some, sometimes it's just not always the, the best, the best marriage, the, the, the best chemistry. And I feel like you know when I, when I went to Fox, it was a little bit smaller. You yeah. know, it was, it, even though it was still, still, still a large national entity, yeah. it's just like I said, not as many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And the NFL Network, that's that's the one thing. The, the one thing about NFL Network to me is that we always call ourselves the NFL Network family. Mm-hmm. Like whether it be in in summits or meetings or, or memos. But it really is true. Like, I really do feel that way. Like, you know everybody that works there. You know, you see people, whether it's you're at the draft or the combine or, you know, the owner meetings. Like, the camera people, that whether they're coming from New York or whether they're people that they hire just for the event, 
they're all just, they're just good people. Not to say people anywhere else aren't, yeah. but I feel like when you work with a close knit bunch, everyone is in it together. Like everyone wants to wants to make sure they pull their own weight for the next guy or the, you know the, whenever the, when this person is is working on that, you know they'll, they'll make sure they go above and beyond. And I just feel like that's that's the, the complete definition of a team effort. And a family, and that's what we have at NFL Network. I truly believe that. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, working at NFL Network, what's it like working with like former NFL stars? Yeah, it's it's cool because they're they're all they're all different personalities. Yeah. You know, there's there's going to be you know, there's going to be your guys who who, who who talk a lot. There's going to be guys that just walk in the room and you say hey, and they, they keep it moving, and then you know they're they're very you know personal into themselves. Yeah. You know, everyone we all have our favorites. I mean, I, I'm biased. I work with him every morning for you know close to a year. But Terrell Davis, yeah, that's that's my guy, man. He's the luckiest golfer in America. <laughs> so if, if if anyone ever gets an invite from TD to go golfing, uh, I, I I politely decline <laughs> if, uh, if if I were you guys, unless you you know you're a single digit handicap because he's gonna hit a ball off of a off of a crow's nest that's gonna you know roll roll down a tree branch and you know maybe stick on a, on a dove's beak and the, the dove's gonna end up flying into the hole and just like that you know he's got a he's got an eagle I'm like, how, did, how did that happen so but yeah there's a bunch like i said a bunch of different guys up there you know and there's there's so many different players that you know whether, whether they were a hall of famer or you know a ham and egger there, there's so many different guys who bring so much to the table into the conversation and you know being a baseball guy you know, I feel like I can legitimately learn things from them. You know, I, yeah. I played football a little bit back in the day, but not at, at, at a high level as, as yeah. any of these cats. So I feel like when I ask questions and I want to know things, when, when we're doing a, a post-game show or we're in the middle of a highlight or something like that, I feel like I, I, I'm legitimately asking these questions that the people want to know because the layman doesn't always know all these things. And I feel like when, when you can bring that to the forefront and flush that out, as opposed to being the guy who, who knows all the questions that, and, and, and knows the questions and you know what they're going to say. I feel like when you come from a point somewhat of, of somewhat ignorance, you know, it's, it, I feel like that really fuels a discussion. Like if I, if I ask a guy, well, why this as opposed to this, they're going to give you the, their, their genuine answer. And I feel like that's one of, the, one of the best things with so many different personalities, whether it be a Hall of Famer you know, or a guy who played just, just a little bit in the league. I mean, you're going to get a, a, a wide spectrum when it comes to all these cats. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's pretty dope. <laughs> but, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So what's your take on the players taking a knee for the national anthem? You know, I mean, I, I feel like it, the, the, the whole genesis of it was to, is, is to, is to boycott, you know, un, unlawful treatment. It's, it, the, the myth that's being perpetuated that it's that these players are against the military, I mean, that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, you know, obviously Colin Kaepernick was instructed by Nate Boyer, a former Green Beret, that, you know, to to kneel as a form of respect. And I don't think any disrespect has been shown. I I just, it's, 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 it's funny how, you know, sometimes people will say, you know, look at, look at the disrespect that's shown. But I mean, it's, it's these people with some of the people that, that cast the first stone, you know, they haven't really done a whole bunch to help these troops that they say are being so highly disrespected. So, you know, it's, it's a slippery slope and, you know, I've had people ask me before, like, well, what are you guys going to do at NFL Network about the about the anthem and, or, and Colin Kaepernick? Well, last time I looked, we at NFL Network aren't in the business of showing the national anthem in highlight packages. I mean, <laughs> when have you ever seen that? Like, all right, let's let's check out Broncos Raiders. Uh, the national anthem was real hot to jump this game <laughs> off. You never see that. Yeah. So we're not in the business of showing the national anthem in general. And second of all, we're, all, we're not in the business of... of of putting players out there or reporting on players who are not in the National Football League. And unfortunately, Colin Kaepernick, no longer a member of the National Football League, so we don't really report on him. 
and that's that's pretty much where it's at. I mean, if it could he still play in the National Football League? Absolutely. Will he? That's yet to be determined. It doesn't look like we're going down that road, but I still think that he could bring something to the table for some NFL team. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, the commercial with Nike was like extremely positive message, and uh, like in those, and I think that's the thing that people were trying to say before to do it off the field, and then they do it off the field, and then they're still getting criticism for it. Yeah, you know, and I've seen so many detractors from his commercial, you know, the first night that it came out during the game, and, uh, you know, to to me, I have a six-year-old daughter, and sometimes you have to look at things through a child's eyes. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you were to watch that commercial and and, and you take any negativity away from that, then, then I almost say shame on you, because... There is really no political message that's in that commercial. It's just saying, you know, if, if, if you if you dream big and people tell you your dreams are crazy, they're not. There's nothing that's crazy. I mean, anything that you can imagine, you can do. And I showed that to my daughter. I said, hey, don't let anybody ever tell you that you can't do something. Like, yeah. There are people who told me that I, you'll never be a sportscaster. Yeah. You cuss too much and you stutter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, all right, you don't think so? I'm like, well, all I know how to do is play baseball weight tables and do this so i mean it's 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 baseball didn't work out and you know my feet are hurting i'm tired of coming home smelling like rotisserie chicken from bandera so i, I better be able to get this done at some point or another gotcha actually i i thought uh maybe colin kaepernick would uh take the tim tebow around and go play minor league baseball because i because I, mean, uh, you know, I never really even thought about that because colin kaepernick had a pretty, yeah. pretty solid arm i said he was about 95 off the hill back in the day so yeah i heard i heard, I heard 98 I heard uh, he threw 98 at one point. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's 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 uh, Patrick Mahomes style. I yeah. mean, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't see why why not. I mean, if he can, if he could pitch. Yeah. I mean, if he just loves sport, but I think right now he's he's yeah. fighting a different cause. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, sure. that's pretty much where his energy is channeled at. But um, I mean, if, if he could play, but you have to find a, uh, you have to get him one of those old school Oscar Gamble Yankees hats to fit over <laughs> that that hat or the, or that hair he's got rocking out. But uh, either way, man, I, you know what I'm saying? It's, I I just think the the, the commercial. Extremely positive. Like I, I, every time I see it, I stop and I watch it. It's, it's great. Cause like I said, a lot of people said I would never be a sportscaster. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's you know, but that was one of my dreams, and it's, it's something I've you know, you know, fortunately I've been able to, to fulfill in my life, and you know, it's, I, I feel blessed every day that I get to go out there and and do what I do. Because sometimes people they, they come, they get in a bad mood, and they're, and they're 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 upset, and it's like I always say, hey man, like. Our job's not rocket science. Like, I'm not laying bricks. I'm not running a jackhammer. And there's a lot of people who would love to do what I do, so I'm going to do my job and do it with a smile and treat everybody as I want to be treated. So that's all I can really do. Yeah, for sure. Now, going into, like, television and, like, now with social media live streams, like, where do you think all that stuff's going, say, in, like, the next, like, five years? I mean, I don't know. Because, I mean, everyone's been, they've been saying that for so long. Like, the future of TV is, is online and... You know, I mean, you do see online, you know, outlets that that, that, that they do, you know, generate some steam. But at the end of the day, it's, TV is still TV. Like, yeah. the people that watch TV are going to watch TV. Like, I don't want to see highlights up the phone. That's just me. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd rather, can I get up to speed real quick? Yes. But do, is, is the full story told to me? No. Because chances are, you know, that you don't have fully produced highlight shows with, where they go highlights into sound, into full screens, into on cams. And then when you see that, it's just a total package. I mean, that's what I, I really enjoy watching. I always have. And for those for people who say like, oh, the traditional highlight show is dead, that's, that couldn't be further from the truth because, you know, game day highlights, we get, we get great ratings each and every single Sunday. I feel like the highlights need to be packed. 
packaged in, in a manner that someone wants to watch. You have to be entertaining, you have to be a storyteller, and you have to be different than everybody else. Because if it's the same as what they saw online, what's the point of watching? I don't even like really even watch TV anymore. It's kind of weird, but like I still know what's like everything's going on just like from social media. How old are you, Paul? Because I feel like you and I have been in correspondence, man, for at least five years now since it, I was it. in Bristol. So I'm I'm 26. Okay, okay. Because my, my nephew just graduated from NYU. Okay. And he is about to be 22. Yeah. And he says he doesn't watch TV. Yeah. He doesn't go to the movies, and I'm like, what? Yeah. I mean, granted, everyone. We, I mean, Netflix and everything. That's you know all the all the, the developments in technology when it comes to movie streaming and everything. That, that's all well and good, but there's nothing like going to see a movie in a theater. Like, yeah, no, I still go to the I movies. Mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's something about it. I mean, do I see as many movies in theaters as I used to? No, but do I see all the kids' movies? Yeah, because I've got a six-year-old daughter, and we live like half a mile from a movie theater. Yeah. But I mean, I couldn't imagine never going to see a movie ever again. Like. That's yeah. kind of weird, just watching it on a phone or on, on your TV. Yeah, no. Nah. But, uh, yeah, even, like, when I was in college and my professor kept on talking about second screen, second screen, second screen, meaning, like, phone. And I was just like, I'm not watching stuff on my phone. And now, like, I'm watching stuff on my phone. I'm not watching, like, full, I don't, no, nah, I don't watch full games and stuff on phone, but I'm saying, like, highlights and stuff, yeah. But not, if I'm okay. watching a game, yeah, I don't, well, I mean, I just don't have cable, too, so that's why I probably don't watch TV, but I still wouldn't. Yeah. Like, I used, when I had cable... I would just put on, say, ESPN or Fox Sports 1 or NFL Network, and I would just, I would have it on, but I'd be on my computer doing something else. Background noise. Yeah, yeah, basically. So that's why it's kind of funny with the podcast things in general right now, because now I see why everyone's listening to podcasts, because everyone's always doing something, or like driving to work or going to whatever, and they're just listening yeah. to it. So it's almost like everything's kind of going a little backward, because podcast is kind of like a radio. I've never done a podcast. I mean, I, I do, you know, the uh, Sirius XM NFL radio, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday nights uh, during the season, you know, the final drive. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been, like I said, I've been on podcasts. And, you know, uh, Terrell Davis wants to do a podcast. We just haven't actually, you know, put, put the, the rubber to the road yet. So I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, once I, I dip my toes in, the, in that podcast water, what it's actually going to be like. So, you know, it's they're, they're definitely fun and they're different. And the, the, the wave of the future from, from what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy because, like I said, I think it's like kind of backwards, but it's forward. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, knowing you played college baseball, and I know you're a huge baseball fan, uh, is one of your goals to eventually work in baseball one day? Well, I mean, this year, I mean, I, I, I know we follow each other on Twitter, but you know, I'm yeah. sure you follow a whole bunch of people. I don't know how how close attention you pay, but you know, I was able. To, I got to work for the Dodgers this year. Okay. Um, I got to do 25 games. I did half and half. I did half at the field, half in studio. When uh, I worked for Spectrum, when uh, okay. when John Hartung, who does the studio shows, and Alana Rizzo, who's the the Dodgers uh, field reporter, whenever they had one of days off, you know, I was I was I, I came out of the bullpen ready to roll, <laughs> and I, I had a blast, man. You know, being you know, that that my roots are uh, you know centered in baseball, and for me, you know, it's you know, I'm, a, I'm a Cubs fan. I'm a lifelong Cubs fan, man. You know, 2016 was you know November 2nd. It was one of the best days ever. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that since I grew up, since I've been living here, you know, I grew up playing ball with Jerry Harrison Jr. and yeah. Justin Harrison and Scott Harrison, you know, all the Harrison brothers uh, back back home in Chicago. Yeah. And so when I first moved here to Los Angeles, I would always call Jerry because he worked for the Dodgers and Spectrum. Yeah. I'd you know, say, Jerry, can you hook me and my, you know, me and my, my daughter or me and my, my, my wife and daughter up with uh, some tickets for the, for the game? 
and he always, he n- never any questions asked. He'd always hook me up. So we've been going to Dodgers games since I first moved out here. And so my little girl has just become like the, the biggest Dodger fan. I mean, she can, you can do a picture flip and she will tell you every player by name. They don't even need to have a Dodger hat on. You can show their faces and she'll tell you their number, tell you what position they play. So for me, it's always been like uh, to see her develop this love of baseball for the Dodgers. And she'll go to, she said that her favorite thing to do in the entire world is to go to a Dodgers game. She'd rather, she'd rather go to a Dodgers game than Chuck E. Cheese, than Six Flags, than Knott's Berry Farm. Which, to me, that, that's just fine. Because anytime I ever have a question, is there anything she wants to do, let's go to the Dodgers game. Let's go check it out. So, being the fact that I always was going to those games for the last four years, I always had kind of a, you know, a little bit of a rooting interest in the Dodgers, unless they played the Cubs. Yeah. And then I, was, I, was, I was cheering for my Cubs. But this year, being able to work for the Dodgers and be, be able to go to the games, be in the in the clubhouse. You know, my, like I said, my first day working with the Dodgers this year, I had to t- uh, do a shadow shift, mm-hmm. and it was Jackie Robinson Day. Yeah, and I covered I covered Dave Roberts when he worked in Boston when I worked at Nesson. And Dave saw me and he came up and he said, "Hey, Cole, man, you know it's it's great to have you here, especially on a day like today." And for for me being a guy that had baseball pretty much shaped and molded my entire career. Mm-hmm. And to know that I wouldn't be at this point in my life had it not been for the game of baseball, whether or not I still am, am, am entrenched in the game, which at that point I clearly was not. But for the only African-American uh, manager in baseball to you know extend that, that, that olive branch to me and say, hey, it's just really big that you're here, especially on a day like today. And it's like for me, being in Dodger Stadium, although Jackie Robinson never played in Dodger Stadium, to, to be an, an, an African American male working for the Dodgers in a baseball capacity, yeah. that was pretty big for me. Like, you yeah. know, it, it took me a minute. I was like, wow, like this is a pretty neat experience. And especially for my dad, my my dad's almost seventy five years old, and you know that was kind of kind of a neat thing for him just to know that okay, the team that pretty much changed America and, and how America thinks. Well, you know, my, my son gets to work for them for a few games this year, and for me, that was that was super cool. And just to see how they've been, the ups and downs they've been going through this year, I feel like I find myself checking in on the Dodgers more than I do the Cubs. You know, which <laughs> I feel like it's just, just driving around LA. I've got so many Cubs hats. I've, I mean, I've got at least fifteen Cubs hats, <laughs> and like right now, they're all dusty. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't look great if I'm I work for the Dodgers and I'm riding around Los Angeles wearing my Cubs hat. <laughs> but don't don't worry, Cubs hats, you'll be broken out soon enough. <laughs> For sure. So actually, that was my next question. How do you think the Cubs are going to do this play also? And I'll ask, how do you think the Dodgers are going to do? You know, I, honestly, I hope we're on a collision course yeah. for uh, <laughs> another Cubs-Dodgers-NLCS. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just don't know if that's how it's going to go down. But uh, I think if both teams get hot at the right time, I think that's that's where we could be. And I, I'd love to see it. Cause, you know, I, I just love to, to take my little one to the, to the World Series. That's what the Cubs won in 2016. I told her... Like as I'm standing, there's a picture. My mom took a picture of us. I'm, I'm holding her, standing in front of the in front of the TV. Of course, my back is to my mom because I didn't want my eyes were were sweating a little bit after the Cubs won. But uh, so I, did, I didn't need that to be uh, to be captured on, on film at all. So uh, I told my I told my daughter. I said, "Don't worry, the Dodgers will win next year." And then, sure enough, seven games. They made Daddy out to be a liar. So. Uh, <laughs> So hopefully this year they can get it done. I don't know if they have the pitching, but maybe, you know, it's all about timing. Yeah, yeah. Guys come together at the right time. Like, I don't know if you saw Walker Bueller last night, but that cat, zero earned, eight innings, was out there carving on the St. Yeah. Louis Cardinals. And right now they're they're in, in a tie with St. Louis for that second wild card spot. They're only a half a game off the Rockies. So we'll see, man. 
Like I said, when I got to talk with Ned Coletti, I work with Ned Coletti, former GM of the, mm-hmm. the Dodgers, and he's a Chicago guy as well. And I, yeah, I told him, I said, man, it's so hard right now to, you know, to not cheer for the Dodgers when the Cubs are my team. And Ned said, you know what? It's all right, man. It's like, he's, a, he's a Cubs guy. He used to work for the Cubs. And he said, it's, it's, it's hard to separate teams that you work for professionally yeah. and have a vested interest in as opposed to teams that you grew up cheering for. And you'll yeah. still cheer for the teams that you grew up cheering for, but you'll, you'll also cheer for that, that squad that, you, that, that you, you feel like you have a fingerprint on. And I feel like for this year, you know, whether or not I, I work for the Dodgers next year or whatever it may be, you know, hopefully that I'll still be able to do that in some capacity. But I feel like I have some kind of fingerprints on yeah. this team. Like, if I walk into the Dodgers clubhouse, like, Matt Kemp and, and Justin Turner will say, what's up? You know, Rich yeah. Hill's locker right when you get there. You know, he'll give you a head nod. If I walk into the Cubs locker room, Joe Madden and them are asked if they're calling for security. Like, who is this kid, man? Get him out of here. So, it's a little bit different when you're, when you're able to be in touch with a team like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know you talked about, yeah, just like, yeah, it's the same thing with me. If somebody wears my gear or I meet them or something, then I'm going to root for them, you know? Absolutely. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, and then, uh, actually, even though I hate to say it, I think, I think the Astros still got the best chance right now. They're good, man. They're, no, they're, they're, they're record. I think they're, they're, I'm, I'm they're, gonna, their team chemistry is just, like, unreal. Their, their home run celebration where they all look, yeah. look one way and then all of a sudden <laughs> they turn around real fast to the camera, it's it's next level. And I'm, I'm an Alex Bregman guy, man, because, you know, I, I covered LSU. Yeah. You know, when he was at, at LSU, he was Alex Freshman, you know. Yeah, that's, that was yeah. his nickname. <laughs> and he was the man from the very beginning, man. And I... I mean, he's the he's the first third baseman in the history of baseball with 30 home runs and 50 doubles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. That's those are dirty numbers, man. Alex, Alex Bregman is a force. Like, yeah. all, I mean, so you have all these undersized guys on Houston too that just, I mean, they hit yaks. I mean, you got Altuve leads the league in hitting, you know, every single year it seems like. And I mean, the guy is. I mean, I haven't been the same size as Jose Altuve since the mid 80s. <laughs> I mean. You know, that guy, I mean, he's unbelievable. Like, you, yeah. you never see him. If he were to, if you never knew who he was and he walked into a bar and he's like, yeah, man, like, I can hit I can hit X amount of home runs and, and, and hit over 300 every single year, lead the league in hitting. You'd be like, in what league? What league are you talking about? <laughs> you playing with Ricky Vaughn in the California Penal League? Like, I don't think so. But, I mean, like I said, these guys, they put up tremendous numbers. A.J. Hinch has done a great job with that squad. So we'll, we'll see how it all works out, man. I mean, it's going to be like if, if we can get even a portion of the World Series to be like it has been the last two years, then, 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 we're, then we're all winners. Yeah, for sure. What's your favorite sports movie, and what's your favorite baseball sports movie? Man, that's, a, that's kind of a... The first movie I ever saw in the theater, yeah. ever, as a kid, was The Natural. Okay. So I kind of have a, a soft spot for that. And aside from, like, animated movies, the first real movie that my daughter saw, it wasn't at a theater, but it was at Dodger Stadium when we first moved here. The first Dodger game that her and I went to by ourselves, it was movie night at Dodger Stadium. And of all movies, what did they play? The Natural. Wow. So, <laughs> and at that point, she was like... I'm thinking not even three. Yeah. And I have pictures of her, and she lasted like 45 minutes. So for her, for a three-year-old to sit, like, The Natural's not really a, a kid-friendly movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, it's not inappropriate by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But no, most three-year-olds aren't going to be all jacked up to see Robert Redford and Kelly McGillis and Kim Basinger, you know, get all, get into it. And, and the dad from Christmas Story. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, she stayed for 45 minutes, and it, that, that, that movie holds kind of a special place because... You know, that's that's when the, the switch really flipped for me as a kid when I really realized, like, hey, I, I kind of dig this baseball thing. And when I said, had it not been for baseball, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And, you know, covering the NFL, like, that's that's, exact, that's exactly where I want to be. And it's because 
it's not necessarily it, it is the sports I, I, I love the NFL and I feel like it's it's the condensation of it it's the fact that you know it's Sunday everyone's locked in as opposed to there's a game every single day and it's it's more of a like football's a sprint baseball's a marathon yeah, and you know man. I feel like I've whether or not I was you know the way I used to run back in the day I wasn't really a great distance runner but I can get after it for running the 60 so yeah. I, I, I enjoy the sprint as opposed to the marathon I like just sprinklings of the marathon so gotcha uh, jumping back into football <clears throat> do you have any uh, Super Bowl predictions I know it's super early <laughs> I'll tell you what man my Super Bowl predi- I mean it, it is super early but you know I picked the Saints out of the NFC and uh their defense looks about non-existent. I mean, that, yeah, they look like a bunch of parked cars out there. People just running around them. So I don't know if the Saints are going to be my, the NFC uh, pick. Maybe I'll go with the Vikings. Okay, they, I'll, I'll pick two. My, my first one I picked was Patriots Saints. Okay. My alternate one, and this might be a curveball. You might be with me on this one. You might not be. But I'm going to go with Vikings Chiefs. Okay, that's that's a bold one right there. It's bold, man, but I tell you what, I used to be Patrick Mahomes, I was his uh, his local sportscaster gotcha, gotcha. At, at KETK Channel 56 in Tyler, Texas, when he went to White House, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that kid, man, he came into uh, the NFL Network, I mean, the fact that he had a 97 mile an hour fastball and, and chose football, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a bold decision, because that is free money on the table before any injuries ever occur. And, and hopefully his career goes injury-free 100%. But, I mean, if you can say, hey, I can get this money right now to play baseball and just throw. I don't have to – no one, no one's going to hit me at all. No one's going to hit me while I'm throwing. Yeah. And, you know, the, the fact that, you, you know, if, if your dad played in the league, it makes it that much easier for you to succeed. Because there's always going to be a scout or somebody that says, well, he's got this potential. Like, yeah. his dad did it. Maybe he can too. And for him to, to, to pass on that – to go play football at, at Texas Tech, and it's and not to take anything away from Texas Tech, but Texas Tech is not Texas or yeah. LSU or Miami or you know, you know I don't know if Miami is the same Miami as they once were. However, or Alabama, you know, you know what I'm saying though. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Texas Tech is not the top flight, even though it's a top flight program. You know, if you're going to get a, you know X amount of dollars that you know looks close to seven figures to play baseball or play football in Lubbock, Texas. I think a lot of cats would choose baseball, especially when you have a golden arm like that. But Patrick Mahomes knew what his fate was, and I think he knows that he's the next best thing at the quarterback position. I'm, I'm riding with him, man. I believe in him. I like this kid. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if he got drafted, because I know, like, obviously, usually they just draft anybody just because they have, there's 50 rounds. But I know uh, Kyler Murphy just took the money, but he's still playing at uh, Oklahoma. Oh, a lot of guys do that. Yeah. Ricky Williams in the yeah. Phillies financed his whole co- collegiate career at the University of Texas. So, yeah. you know, a lot of guys, he got drafted, took the money, and then played baseball and, and underperformed on the diamond, and then they paid <laughs> for him to win a Heisman Trophy and, and then run it up against, you know, Oklahoma and everybody else. So, you know, I, I don't I don't fault any of those guys that, that want to do that. You know, I mean, Brandon Whedon played baseball before yeah. he played football. So, you know, who knows? You know, maybe we'll see some, some guys, you know, make, make that switch. But for right now, Patrick Mahomes... I mean, he's, he's the next best thing going yeah, to Kansas yeah. City, and I think that they, with with all those offensive weapons, I mean, Kareem Hunt and, and uh, Travis Kelsey did, were, I mean, innocent bystanders on Sunday. Tyreek Hill was just a one-man wrecking crew, yeah. and I think when they're all on the same page, that Kansas City team is going to be nice, man. Yeah, I, really, yeah. I really believe that. For sure. And you can't forget about Sammy Watkins. Maybe he'll uh, resurrect his career over there. Exactly, exactly. And he's the guy, he's the unforgotten, uh, unforgotten yeah. cat that, I mean, yeah. everyone... 
because right. isn't really paying attention to the fact like oh he's not on the Rams anymore okay let's see maybe the Rams could still use him like who knows I mean yeah. the Rams look good too so like we that's the best part of the first the, the, the first four weeks of the season like nobody knows who's who yeah yeah exactly like I mean Cincinnati you, like you, nobody thought oh yeah the Ravens are gonna come on smack Cincinnati on Thursday night because I mean what they did to the Bills but the Bills are really really bad <laughs> the Bills took care of a really bad team the Bengals I guess better than what we thought yeah, Bengals are always you know, Bengals are always like there. They just never yeah. win in the playoffs. It's, it's almost that like Dennis Green, like the Bengals. Yeah. They are who we thought they were, <laughs> and we like what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, that, that's who they, they are. Rest in, rest in peace, Teddy Green. And last question: Could you give me any funny stories that happened like on air or anything during during uh, work hours? Well, when I first started doing NFL HQ, that was the uh, the, the forerunner to. Uh, Good Morning Football. It was TD, uh, I think LeVar Arrington, and maybe Michael Fabiano were on, or maybe Daniel Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. And we hit the top of an hour, and I just started. It had been probably, I'd been at the network for about two and a half months. I'd been working on that show for maybe a week and a half. And I think it was a Monday show, because I feel like we were going through highlights. And I remember... I hear an alarm go off, and it sounded like the same. I know TD had a, had a, has a, uh, a Samsung as well. So on live TV, I mean, what do you do? There's, a, there's an alarm going off full bore. So I said, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like look at this guy. At that, at that point, he was just a Hall of Fame nominee. Hadn't, hadn't gotten that gold jacket yet. I'm like, look at this guy. Hall of Fame nominee doesn't know how to turn his alarm off. You know, just trying just trying to play it off on live television. And he's like, that ain't my fault, man. That's yours. Yeah. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> So I just kind of just, just hit the mute button and... Just kept it moving, and you know, just. But you know, it's 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 funny how, how, how things. And at one point in your career, if that would have happened to me, like on live TV in San Angelo, Texas, I probably would have froze, and we would have had to go to commercial. But yeah. you know, you, you get a few extra hours under your belt, and you know, you're working with a you know a, a great bunch of guys that you can all laugh everything off and keep it moving. You know, that's just that's just pretty much where it was. Gotcha. Actually, I got one more. I forgot. What advice would you okay. give somebody that wants to be on there? I'd say get your get your work in. I mean, watch watch your games, get your work in, and never turn work down. Yeah. Like, that's what I do. It's like, you know, it's it's to a point where, you know, I, I, when I first started, before I even was doing radio, um, I used to always do radio with the guys that cover Arkansas State, because I used to cover, I used to be the Sunbelt guy at, at, at ESPN, so I used to do the Sunbelt uh, conference meetings every year, and they have a radio show that's in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and these guys, you know, they, they welcomed me on with open arms, man. They said, we'd like you to come on every week. So for for two years plus, I'd go on there every week and and do radio for free. Yeah. And my wife's like, "Why are you doing radio for free?" I'm like, "I'm just trying to sharpen up my radio skills because if you don't do it, you're not going to get any better at it." You and you know that was one that was one thing I always took took to heart. You know, you know, eventually when I got, I got to Fox, you know, I was lucky enough to have my own show on Sundays with Bill Ryder, who works on CBS Radio now, and you know now I have my own radio show on on Sirius XM every every Tuesday and Wednesday nights. You know, Tuesday's nine o'clock Eastern time, and on uh, Wednesday's eight o'clock Eastern time. So, you know, it's it like I said, always always work. You know, it's because at the end of the day, it's it's not really work. It's just putting in your time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, if, if you can't enjoy going to cover a sporting event, whether it be at the high school level or the professional level, I mean, if you feel that you have what it takes, 
those high school games are going to turn into college games, yeah. which will then turn into professional games, and then you'll be exactly where you want it to be. Like some of the kids that get antsy and they're like, "Well, I got, I got, I have to go here or here." I understand that to a certain degree, but there's nothing worse than being put in a situation that you're not ready for yet. Like we've seen people before that are not ready. Like yeah. you know, not, not to not to throw any shade, but remember the, the, the Sergio Dip guy. No. <laughs> well, search and go Google when you're done. He was the guy. He, he's a he's a foreign language anchor, but they threw him on a game that he was not ready for. Like he just didn't know what he was saying out there. And it's like, be careful what you wish for, because sometimes it's not always the right scenario. So I feel for me, like the general progression I took, you know, one step to the next to the next, and got progressively bigger. That was perfect because you know if I would have been thrown in in a major market or something like that, you know, right out of school, I wasn't ready. I would have been out there stumbling and bumbling and people would have said, like, this guy's a bozo. No one, and I never would have got a job again. So, you know, just do your work. Don't turn any work down and just stay humble. Like, treat people how you want to be treated and, you know, don't be that guy who people say, oh, he's so hard to work with. Like, <laughs> just be cool with everybody. At the end of the day, man, like, if you're a sports anchor and, then you're, and you made your way into this business, we've got a great job. Yeah. You know, there's people every day that would love to have our jobs. Just always think about that and never forget it. Because who gets to go to like I get to go to work on, on Sunday. I sit in a in a in a in a, in a, in a theater essentially with leather reclining seats at NFL Network, and they cater food to us, and we get to watch games. And then I have to go put makeup and a suit on and go talk <laughs> about it for an hour. Like, I, I, how can you be in a bad mood? Yeah. Like, I, I love my job and it's, I love what I do, and I, just, I try I try to. I try, to, I try to bring a positive energy to work every day, and then hopefully everybody realizes that. And I think it just makes it a better work environment. And when, when, when kids realize coming out of school, no matter where you get, no matter what level you get to, just be cool, man. Yeah. Just be cool with people. That's all, that's all I try to say. Yeah, for sure. It's just like the journey through the minor league system. Absolutely. You know, it's, I mean, like I said, you and I have been on, on Twitter, we've been in, in corresponding with each other for at least five, six years, man. It's, yeah. You know, it's you know, I, you know, like it's my pleasure to come on here with you today. Like any time, yeah. you know, like I said, there's not that I'm not saying that there's people that, that maybe would join you or maybe wouldn't, but for what, what would be the reason not to? You know, what I'm saying like it's like, you know, what I'm saying you could you could be my boss one day. I mean, you could be <laughs> you know, an executive at, at wherever. I mean, you could be you know the next president of NFL Network. Who knows? But yeah. that's not the reason. I'm, I'm, we're, we're we're cool. Yeah. We're just cool because there's no reason for us not to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So that's 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 my piece of advice. Just, just to tell to the kids coming out of school to stay centered, stay focused and balanced, man, and, and, just, and, just, and just and treat people how you want to be treated, man. I definitely appreciate you coming on the show, and I uh, want to tell the people where they can find you on social media. Uh, I'm at, at Cole Wright NFL. That's, that's pretty much it. All I have is, is Twitter. If it wasn't for this uh, 2018 and everything how it is, I, I probably would. I just have a house phone with no answer machine, <laughs> but you can't do that anymore. But uh, that's that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm the old school guy. You're I'm not- the guy who... I'm the guy when everyone's sitting there, you know, uh, typing in their phone and in their tablet. I have a piece of pen and paper, you know, old, old school. So that's just how I like to operate. You ever going to create an Instagram or not? For no. <laughs> <laughs> Negative. I'm a, I'm a 40-year-old married dude, man. I don't need that in my life. For, there's no reason for that. Like, I feel like all the pictures I would ever even put out there for public consumption, like I do the same, I put the same pictures out on Twitter. Like, yeah. so I just, I don't, I don't, I just don't, I don't even get the, the Instagram concept. I, I really don't. So, like, I feel like you can do the same thing on Twitter. What about, like, NFL Network? Do, do they uh, ask you guys to make social media pages or no? Well, uh, since I already have a Twitter, yeah. I mean, like, a Twitter. I mean, you sound like an old guy. I've already got, <laughs> I've already got me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, it's like uh, we've had some, like, one of our, you know, one of our social media managers, she was, she sent me an 
email about, I don't know, Instagram Live or Instagram TV, and she's like, this would be great before shows, and I was like, I don't even have Instagram. She's like, what? I think you should get Instagram. Even Dan Haley the other day was talking about uh, (laughs) something, and he's like, you don't have Instagram? And I'm like, no, I don't have Instagram. Like, I I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like, and all the people that say before a show, like, you know, people that, that, that they tweet out or they Instagram out, like, hey, everybody, we're in studio. We're about to get this thing going. Like, I'm getting ready for my show. Like, I'm making sure that my highlights are in order. Like, I don't know what those people are doing. Like, maybe they're just better than me. Like, where they have ex- all this extra time to show everybody what they're about to do, even though they're about to show everybody what they do, like, on TV. Like, I don't, it's like getting an appetizer before an appetizer. Yeah, behind the scenes stuff. It's like, let me have some cheese and crackers before we deliver my calamari. <laughs> like, eh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a little too much. So I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just an old, an old guy at heart, man. Like, I think Twitter is good good for me, and that's where that's where I'm going to be at. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck in the future. Hey, anytime, Paul. Anytime you need me, man, just let me know. All right.